0: Welcome to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, where one of our main goals is to highlight the leadership acumen and gifting of leaders within our network. And that's what we're going to do today. We have Pastor Des and Cheryl Klingspawn from Prairie Harvest Christian Life Center in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. And they've been ministering there overall for 35 years, and they've been senior leaders for 27. So they've got a little bit of experience here, and they have a really strong passion for prayer, and that's what we want to talk to them about today, is what they're doing regarding prayer and their heart for that. But first of all, I just
1: want to welcome
0: you to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. It's great to be here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, awesome, Ian. We're glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Really have enjoyed getting to know you guys. You're part of the Links prayer committee. We've started that the last couple years and the idea has been to kind of develop a new strategy and get people more involved in prayer. So I wonder if you could start off though by telling us a little bit about yourselves and your journey in Yorkton and how you came to be there in that wonderful community.
1: (laughs) Sure. Well, I've kind of grown up in Yorkton and been here since, you know, the early 70s as a family and so it was kind of unusual be pastoring a church in your hometown but it's been over the years we've seen it's been really positive for us I think for Cheryl as well she grew up in Roblin Manitoba about 45 minutes away and it was actually through our church that we connected back in the 80s and we were married in the church not while we were pastoring but in 1988 the year that it officially became a church and so uh, we've just seen how you know, having roots in the community and having a love for this geographic region has probably helped us in in a lot of areas. And uh, it's just always really neat too when you see someone you went to school with come through the church every now and then yes. as well. Yes, that would be fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, like you said, Ian, we've been a part of this church for 35 years, and since, since it actually was founded, so we've been here for the long haul. And in, in fact, when we first started pastoring, I remember the Lord really putting on our heart. It was like, he said, I want you to marry this city. So, you know, we didn't see this role as a stepping stone to something. We saw it as our assignment and our ministry call, and We've been really committed to that. And that's been a real driver for us, like all through the years. We've had a lot of grace from God. You know, the church has grown from what it was really small back in those days, like 30 some, it fluctuated from 30 some to maybe 50 to 60 people over, you know, over time. But then over the years since we've been pastoring, it's grown to over 350 people. And nice. uh, we wow. just recently went to two services, which was a really kind of a major step for us. And, yes. and uh, we're excited to see what God's going to do through that. And lots of wonderful things that God's graced us to do and experience over the years, but we can talk more about that, like, I guess, as we go on here. But... Well,
0: yeah, and we actually can just jump right in on that right off the, the bat. I know one of the the aspects, I obviously want to talk to you about prayer, because you have such a burden and a passion. But I know that you have such a heart for your community. And so there's been real strong ministry that you have to the community of York to maybe just share a few things that you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, some things have been going longer term than others, but some of the more significant ones, I guess, that are currently operating the Prairie Harvest Employment Program, which I think it's about 18 years that it's been operating in our community. Started off with some various funding sources that have helped us, but, you know, to train unemployable men, get them work. It spurred out of a, a need that we saw where a lot of men were uh, coming into the youth detention center just outside of Yorkton, uh, doing well while they're in there. And then as soon as they got out back into some of the bad situations they were in, and, and uh, that kind of spurred the need through some of our guys that were working there to put something in place to help them. And so that has turned into from starting to help a few guys to where we can hire men and women now and help them with employment skills, give them a place to work and and develop some things in their lives. And we've been doing the citywide recycling as part of the main fund source for that now for probably the last 12 or more years. And the city still really just wants to have us in there. I think it's actually been longer. It has been. Yeah. 2006 we started wow. recycling and we've been time. doing it yeah. since then.
2: So that's been a really neat partnership with the city. And of course there's more recently there's Bruno's place which is a low barrier emergency shelter and that's been another really great partnership with the city. And honestly I would have to say that We really feel, Desmond and I both really feel that a lot of the favor that we have garnered with the city, uh, I really feel that it's been a direct byproduct of prayer Mm. uh, because our heart for the city has been always undergirded with prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, we did feel that we weren't just called to be a great church, but that we were called to really pray for our city. And I do think that some of these things have come as a direct result of that conviction that we have.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, and I I saw Bruno's place. I was there last year. I think you took me on a tour there and that's kind of a shelter, right? Again, another partnership with the city and really impressive, but let's dig into that a little bit. So prayer being kind of an undergirding foundation, when did that burden kind of start? Has it always been there throughout your whole Mm -hmm. time or was there a time where it's like suddenly you thought we've just got to go deeper in this?
1: Well, I think From even before Cheryl and I were pastoring, I'm not sure if we had so much a burden to be a praying church, but I know the leaders that we were under, even as young believers here, it was to pray. And I can remember doing Monday to Friday every morning, I think it was 6 a.m. prayer with a group of guys. And that's kind of where that really began for me. But I think it was really a value that the leaders that we grew up seeing, where they really modeled prayer, but also a real dependence and reliance on wanting to connect with the Holy Spirit, having those encounters, knowing God's heart through worship, prayer, prophetic, that was just yeah. a real life stream of our church from the earliest yeah. days.
2: Yeah, like when I read that question about when did your burden to have a praying church start, like really I had to think about that. Because honestly, I don't feel like we necessarily had a burden to be a praying church, As much as we had a burden to be a church that could hear God's voice and passionately pursue God's voice, and the natural byproduct of that was praying, Mm -hmm. because how do you hear God's voice unless you seek him, right? Yeah.
1: But I think it was in 1998 or 99. Just shortly after we had started officially pastoring the church, we had a time of prophetic presbytery with, I think, Bill Norton and Hugh Laybourne here. Dave came up, Dave Wells for a portion of that too. But Bill shared a word with us as a church, that scripture from Isaiah, that my house shall be called a house of prayer. And he really put that mantle upon us prophetically at that time. And from that point, there was others then who came over the years and really spoke directly to that as well. And so it's something that probably in the late 1990s, we began to feel like, you know what, this is really God, this is something Mm -hmm. that we can't ignore.
2: It was at that point that he, he kind of articulated for us, what we really felt was true, but no one had ever said it to us, right, that we were called to prayer, so to speak. But then when it was said, it was like, Oh, yes, of course, we're called to prayer. Like for years, one of the main scriptures we had we had a big banner of it up on our wall in the sanctuary that's was from jeremiah the one that says seek the welfare of the city to which the lord your god has sent to and pray to the lord on its behalf for in its welfare is, is your welfare so that was always a core driving thing like in our hearts you know
0: well and like you said the fruit is there i mean one of the things i was going to ask you is some of the fruit you've seen prayer answers that you've seen through the years obviously those opportunities you've had to serve the city. And from what I understand, talking to both of you, it's quite amazing some of those doors that have opened and the favor that you have. Uh, and yeah. You've been able to, you know, obviously you've been consistent and faithful, but yeah, it definitely seems like the Lord has really carried you that way. So what is the specific vision for prayer that you both carry?
1: I think in really simple terms, with prayer, And I know Cheryl will probably add some things to it. But we really believe that both personally, in our personal lives, and in the life of this church, and I think it applies to other churches or ministries, prayer needs to be the foundation. And it's kind of like the furnace. And if you live in the prairies, you know you can't live without a furnace. You have no heat and you won't have any life No one will come if there's no no heat there. (laughs) And prayer is really like the furnace of the church and the furnace of our lives. And we've just even recently with taking a time of sabbatical, I feel like I've gone just way deeper in this last six months in my life in prayer. And it just continues to be that place where, you know, being able to hear God, connect with God, remain flexible and pliable to him and personally and as a church that's just so valuable if we're going to do what the Lord wants us to do and be who he wants us to be in our communities Mm -hmm. yes
2: I think like specifically like the vision and burden for prayer I know that I have and I know that does would would share this as well is that I would be a praying person that I would first be a praying Mm, person that's really good like, I think it's really easy for us as leaders to agree True. with the idea and concept of prayer. Oh, yes, we should pray. And oh, yes, prayer is good. Like, for me personally, I have a vision and a passion that God make me a praying person. Mm. And I really believe that um, I think we attract and we reproduce what we are. Yes. So that's a big part of it, uh, for us yeah it'd be great to say oh yeah like we want to see citywide prayer gatherings in our community and all this and those things I think are fantastic but I just don't think that they can come in a really meaningful way unless we're actually people that are living in that place of communion with Jesus and have an actual life of prayer and that's a challenge it's not like wow like we've arrived that's something we are still working on and committed to personally
0: Well, just speaking as a fellow leader, I think the tension we always have, at least I know the tension I have, is between that doing and being. It's it's that long list of things we have to accomplish. And it can be so easy to cut prayer. It can be so easy. And I've done it to my detriment. I've jumped in and I got to get going on this. And then I find that in my own strength, I'm not so effective. So I think you're probably right. That tension is something we're going to have to all deal with all the time. So obviously, you're constantly trying to remind yourself, stir yourselves. So personal prayer is the foundation. And then what would you see beyond that? Obviously, keeping that sustained, what's your passion and vision beyond that?
2: Well, of course, we want people who are leading to catch that same heart and passion. So we do teach on prayer. And we do provide a lot of opportunities for the people we lead to pray with them. So we have corporate prayer gatherings regularly, and we put an emphasis on prayer by having special prayer events, like for example, conferences and training things around prayer or times of prayer and fasting, stuff like that. So people can engage in prayer and be encouraged in praying, right? And like I heard somebody say one time, don't pray as you can't, pray as you can I think sometimes we think that, oh, unless I can be an amazing intercessor, I can't pray. Or unless I can have a fantastic prayer gathering, I can't have corporate prayer gatherings. But that's really not true. And I think that helping people to understand that their prayer really matters, regardless of if they think they're a super eloquent prayer or just, you know, weak prayers, God hears them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, kind of teaching that heart to people is a big a big thing for us.
0: I suppose one could say it's better to pray imperfectly than not pray at all, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
1: And I think over the years, we found some things make things easier for us and in corporate settings yeah. than others. And some are individual, but some are kind of maybe a little bit more generic where they can apply to people. For example, myself, when I first started really feeling the desire to pray, I would get up, Early in the morning, often, you know, because we're in winter, nine months of the year here. Well, maybe not nine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it sometimes, but it's always dark. And I would get a blanket, a fuzzy one, and go in the most comfortable chair. And my good intentions would last for about five minutes, and I'd be dozing off. (laughs) And so it it was not too long before I realized if I'm going to be able to pray, I need to be able to maybe walk around, move around. Have a little bit more going so that I can engage. and I think there's some things with corporate that are the same that help to engage people more, create more unity in the room, like praying and using scripture. and so I, I find that using scripture and basing a lot of our prayer times where we have a set theme and a scripture that we kind of springboard from and encourage people to pray scripture, it keeps you know everyone can agree in the room if you're Praying God, pour out your spirit, like it said in Joel, that it would happen. It's like, yeah, we want that. Or restore the hearts of children to the fathers and fathers to the children. Those kind of things we can get behind and you can bring agreement in a room pretty easily. Whereas some ways that prayer sometimes goes off, um, not to negate it, but it's a little harder to attach to. And so we found, especially in corporate corporate gatherings... Having themes and scriptures, it really brings unity to the room and it makes it easy and understandable for people to know if they are going to pray, how they can do it. Yeah. I think just chiming
0: in on that, obviously the last couple of years at conference, you guys have led the morning prayer at our Lifelinks Leadership Conference, which we right. really appreciated you and your team from Yorkton. And it's been really good and I've enjoyed it too, You know, starting with some worship and then using a scripture, usually an apostolic prayer. And I know that's something that you're big on. And that's something that I really enjoy, too. I've got the apostolic Mm -hmm. prayers all marked out in my Bible. And so I like to periodically go through and pray them all. And they're so powerful, the prayers that Paul prays for the church, for our love to increase, for wisdom and revelation. So anyway, I really enjoyed that at at conference. And uh, I know people did too, because it was different. We were singing, we were moving around, we were praying. So I like that. And I wonder if you could just chime in with kind of the rhythms you have. You're sharing a bit of that, obviously, already. But what are the different ways you have prayer at your church? And kind of how does that look?
2: Well, we do have a midweek corporate prayer meeting that we have every Wednesday night. We do have always worship as a part of that. We have weekly prayer with our staff and leaders, Desmond and I do. Also, we're really deliberate to incorporate our prophetic team to be involved in our intercessory prayer. Cause I really feel that prophetic is to fuel intercession and intercession to fuel the prophetic. And those things are really connected to me. So that's a really strong emphasis we have with our prophetic team, as well as encouragement and all that um we also have periodic times of fasting and prayer that we do together as a church so like once a year or a few times a year sometimes depending we'll do that we have a yearly prayer breakfast here a marriage prayer breakfast that does help organize with the ministerial we do occasionally do events where they're just focused around prayer like We had like something called the Ignite Conference where we would have speakers come and we would take two, three days and it would just be dedicated to learning to pray and press in and pray and hearing the word in a way that would encourage us and propel us to prayer. Um, So we do things like that. Another thing we do that's really helpful is we have usually always themes. So we'll be praying for government or we'll be praying for the city. Or we'll be praying for churches specifically. Another great thing is praying for kids and families and youth. And we would invite the kids, invite families to come and really have an active role in that time of prayer. And that's been really a neat experience because the kids, like, they're like, I can pray. And then you know, to take the microphone and pray, they get really excited about that. So I don't feel like we're doing anything like earth shattering or special in terms of the life of our church, what we're doing with prayer, other than just trying to keep it up. a constant part of the life of the church?
1: I think Sunday mornings, we're working on that rhythm yet, but we had kind of set aside once a month, but it's uh, been a little different over this last season with us being away a little bit more. But we'll take one Sunday a month. We'll come up with a theme and a scripture. And right at the end of our worship time, we'll take even five to six minutes and just introduce a prayer topic, have the worship team still going, and, and then begin to invite pray. people to come up and short prayers, just mm. pray into this scripture and into this theme of praying for our community, or we'll pray for the, the other churches in the region. And many times we've had lineups and it's like, it's almost 15 minutes and it's like, oh my gosh, we need to shut this down because there's too much prayer going on right <laughs> now. But there's been times where people really feel a burden for things. And to give that outlet on a Sunday morning, we found can be really profitable and it fires prayer then in in the lives of other people who maybe don't normally come out to the prayer meeting.
0: Well, and I appreciate that. I know you've mentioned that before and I thought that was really good because, you know, it's funny how we think sometimes with our services and our gatherings, we mm-hmm. tend to segment things. We think, well, on a Sunday, it's not really a prayer meeting. We hear the word, we worship, but where did that come from? Why couldn't it be partly yeah, like you said, you're modeling something that gets them encouraged for your Wednesday night gathering yeah. of prayer? So I really like that when you shared that with me, just how you were threading it in. I I really feel like you're trying to thread it in and fit it into yeah. every part of your ministry. And in that sense, it becomes a praying church. And then it sounds like getting as many people involved as possible, because we always talk about, well, we got the intercessors, we got those real praying people, right? But the reality is we're all meant to be praying people. It's just some of us are further down the tracks and maybe some are more developed and others are like, I didn't even know how to pray. So maybe speak into that as far as people starting where they're at, and maybe going to the next level. Because I think sometimes we get discouraged, and so we don't yeah. even really grow. But I, I really like the way you're stepping that out.
2: Yeah, I think that's a huge point because a lot of people don't come to prayer meets because they think, well, I'm not an intercessor. And I think like what Des was sharing about just integrating a little bit of prayer into your Sunday morning service and doing it in a way that everyone can participate. It really helps to just like dispel that idea that, well, unless I am an intercessor, I can't really pray. So that's really up to us as leaders to just put value on people's prayers, even their smallest efforts of prayers. That's one thing that I've heard again and again from a leader who teaches on prayer that we really respect he always says, weak prayers, God hears them. We don't have to have eloquent, impressive prayers.
1: We and don't so, need long prayers yeah, either. And they that's true. Long.
2: Yeah, so this thing that we do on Sunday morning, we call it rapid fire prayer, which we borrowed that from another ministry, but where it's like just short little prayers, anybody can pray a short little prayer, and you don't even have to come up with something great. Just follow the next person and say, yes, amen, I agree. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. That's good enough, right?
0: Yeah. I really like that. I think that blows away some of that misconception that we might have. So we've been praying a lot of years. You've got these prayer meetings going. Can you share some of the exciting answers to prayer that
1: you've seen over time? Sure. You know, it's just hard. The years turn into decades. Of course. things, things, Things blend a little bit here. But God's been really faithful to us. And some of the most exciting things, I think, That we've seen at times are we've always believed in physical healing but i think as we began praying for it and making a place that's another thing that we'll make regular place for in the church But as we've made room for it pretty much every Sunday, we've seen significant physical healings uh, begin to happen uh, in the church and then people praying for people outside the church in the community. And one was just a fellow that uh, God brought to Yorkton one Sunday morning from Brandon, Manitoba. He had pancreatic cancer and cancer throughout his body. And his his doctor in Winnipeg said that he wasn't going to live. And he went through the drive through or no, he was at McDonald's lying on the grass. <laughs> and one of the staff came to him and asked what was going on and started a conversation. He asked about churches and they said, well, just go to Prairie Harvest down here. <laughs> and so he came to our church that Sunday morning. No one knew him. And with these great needs in his lives, and uh, there was a number of us, I know Cheryl and I prayed for him specifically, and a few others did too. But within two weeks, he came back and he said, guys, God completely healed me of pancreatic cancer. And he named a couple colon cancer. And he goes, the doctor was amazed in Winnipeg. I'm going to live. And he's visited our church now. That was probably a number of years ago, but probably... Five, six times he's visited us, and he said God also healed him emotionally that day. Wow. And wow. from the inside out, God just did a work. And you know, things yeah. like that, you just like, God, you're so awesome.
2: Yeah. And so we have seen healings. And also, like, as I said before, just the favor that we enjoy in our community, we really attribute that to prayer yeah. and also like the acquisition of our current building. Which is a fantastic facility
1: and the community prayer center. Prayer
2: had a role in that. The community center. There's been so many things. We don't usually go to prayer looking for a specific answer to a specific request. Although there's times that we do that, but largely we're just committed to what we believe God calls us to do: is to pray for our city and and the region and to pray for yeah. our region. And so we just really feel that a lot of the blessings that we enjoy as a church are because of that
1: most of our prayer is actually either for the city for government those in our, our area who rule locally provincially the the region for the churches of Yorkton and the surrounding region for the businesses and families uh, youth and children those who work in different areas uh, that affect those and and we found that as we've Kept our focus. I actually didn't even realize how much we do that when I couldn't think of a time we just had a prayer meeting for us. Yeah, (laughs) because it just blends in. We're we're just praying for this region, and God just seems to take care of our needs and has brought so many yeah things across our path. You know,
2: I feel like God says, like, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, we know the admonition in scripture, right? To pray, first of all, for kings and all those are in authority. Yeah. So obviously you're doing that all the time and you're honoring the Lord. And the spillover is that he takes care of you. Just like you said, yeah. I really appreciate that. And I think that's really a good example for all of us. You're gaining or have gained favor in the community, but you've also been praying for them. And obviously they would sense that too, right? There's a positivity in the sense in the spirit toward your ministry because you're serving them. And I know you serve them in other ways too. It's prayer and action. And so you've built that respect. Wow. I mean, that healing is phenomenal. All healing is phenomenal, but Mm -hmm. terminal pancreatic cancer, that's right up there. Only a small percentage of people ever survive pancreatic cancer. So that is phenomenal. What would you say to other Lifelinks leaders um, and churches Regarding this, regarding prayer, its importance, and just maybe where they could start in their church. What encouragement would you give them if they're listening to you right now, going, "Oh gosh, like we have a long way to go. These guys have a lot of prayer. We need to start." How would you encourage them today?
2: Well, we feel like we have to have great prayer, big prayer meetings to have a successful prayer at our church. But I don't think that that's true. If you have big prayer meetings, great. The more people you can get praying, great. But if you're not there, just find a few people who are passionate about prayer and pray with them. I just feel like, how can we be discouraged about not being able to get people to pray or finding it's hard to motivate people to pray when Jesus himself couldn't get his disciples to pray in the garden of Gethsemane, like, you know, he said, okay, pray, I'm going over here. And he's at the most critical moment of his life. And he comes back and his disciples are sleeping. That's like, true. I feel like we're in good company, right?
0: That's a good point.
2: So, yeah, totally. And so we can't let that discourage us. But like we said before, like I, I feel for me and, and I know Des feels the same, God challenges our heart that the most important thing we could do is be a praying leader and that we have to have that high value in our life. Cause I totally think that if we do, we will attract, like, you know, that saying you'll attract and reproduce what you are. And I really believe that God will gather praying people to you. If you are a praying person, I totally believe that.
1: I think it's really important just to start somewhere Yeah, and let the numbers and the style kind of, develop over time. You know, it's the the whole thing about uh, the docked boat or the one that's floating on the water. You can't give much direction to something you aren't doing and here. you can overanalyze it uh, and never, never actually step in. And, and so Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. And, uh, I know that's a word that God's given us specifically, but I believe that's one that he's given to the church. And I think we need to just begin to say, God, how do you want us to step into that? There's a few things from that, but, but one would be, if it's Jesus' church, then there needs to be a mark of prayer on it. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's a challenge that we remind ourselves of. This has got to be a mark. Is it Jesus' church or is it my church? Is it our, you know, have we taken too much ownership that we're worried about making it how we like or feel comfortable in versus modeling it after what the command uh, of Jesus was? And I I think it's finding those ways in our own settings, in our personal lives. I want to be a house of prayer for the Lord, but in our local church, we want to do that. And he will totally help us as we begin to seek him on that and and to press into those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's powerful. I really like what both of you are saying. I think for anyone, start where you're at, focus on your own life, attract the others who are like you, and believe God that he'll just continue. It sounds to me like over time, you've continued to add things as you've went, and God's taught you some new things and opened doors. I know you also have a vision beyond your community and beyond your church. I mean, I've talked to you about this, but I know you do have a burden that the fire of prayer would spread. I think you are people that are believing for revival in the sense of God moving in your way. And so I see you actually, when I, knowing the the two of you and your church, I believe you're catalytic. And I believe that you are catalytic to seeing that stirring of prayer and that fire of prayer to to move into other communities and places. So I appreciate that. I, I think one of the things you mentioned about attracting who we are I think there's an aspect where we all carry some gifts from the Lord too, and burdens that he's given us. And again, knowing the two of you, you carry the burden of prayer. You really do live it. And so I know it's inspiring to me and I believe it's inspiring to others. So I'm really thankful we could hear from you today. Is there any other thoughts regarding prayer, what God wants to do in our cities and beyond that you might want to share? And then I'm just going to share some thoughts about what we're doing in lifelinks.
2: I think we don't ever want everyone to forget that God really loves us and he's really good. Sometimes prayer can feel like this big burden that we have to do, but I think a real emphasis on God's desire to commune with us and interact with us and show his heart to us and mm, reveal so his good. secrets to us and to pour his love on us. Like that's really important too. It also says in Isaiah that his saints will be joyful in the house of prayer. Like prayer doesn't have to be this horrible burden. I I kind (laughs) of like to come at it from the perspective of, I just can't wait to see what God is going to say or do when I pray to him. And sometimes he doesn't say much, or at least I don't, maybe I'm just (laughs) sick that day and I don't get it. But the thing is, there's that element of excitement. And I think if we remove that from prayer, then it's like, oh, I got to pray. You know, but it doesn't have to be like that, right?
1: I like that. Yeah, I think just to add to that is, and I've seen God do it in our lives and in my life personally, too, where over time, I've seen an attitude of expectancy developed when it comes to prayer. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's what you could call rock pile prayer, where it seems like you're just cracking rocks with the big pickaxe, and it's like, I'm just going to smash these rocks. It's like a lot of work, and it's a lot of strain at times, but there's an expectancy that I think God wants to give us in prayer when we've walked with him and we've seen him answer prayers, when we've seen him move in our behalf. And I think we have to always remind ourselves that God is often waiting for us to ask him. James says, you don't have because you're not asking. Luke 18, Jesus says an example about the widow and the unrighteous judge it's like if you really want justice i'm the one who will give it to you and it's through coming to me day and night it's like coming repeatedly to me and making your request known and i'm the one that can give you justice and we prayed last night and i prayed out of isaiah 64 and i just want to read from a verse one a little bit it says oh that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains would tremble before you and then to verse four, it says, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for them. You come to the help of those who gladly do right and remember your ways. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is not a spiritual discipline. It's yeah. a spiritual privilege yeah. <laughs> that nice. we have to pray yeah. yes. and to have audience with God. Yeah. yeah. And he delights to answer and yeah. to, to be with us.
0: Wow. What a good point! I really like that. You're right. Sometimes it can seem like, oh, prayers work, and I have to do this, but it comes down to that relationship with the Father, His desire to commune with us, His desire to be with us. Yeah. And uh, I love that. And I think knowing in my own life, the further I go on my my prayer journey and prayer life, the more relational it becomes. Right? There's time for prayer lists. There's time when we have things that we've noted. There's also a time to just be hearing from the Holy Spirit and responding to him according to how he's leading us and speaking to us. And yeah. there's that fluidity and there's that life. And sometimes it's just sitting in his presence and mm-hmm. receiving exactly. And that's yeah. prayer, right? So really yeah. good, you guys, those listening, just want you to know, just even sitting here chatting with them on this podcast, my heart is stirred. This couple really carries this burden for prayer and they live it. And I'm so thankful that we can uh, tap into that today. You know, in LifeLinks, we are really on a prayer journey. As I mentioned earlier, we have a prayer committee. So last year, we had our first regional prayer summits. We had one in January in Regina for the Prairie region. And then we had one in February for the Northwest region in uh, Spokane. And we're going to do the same thing again this year. We're going to change the order. We've got January 19th and 20th. That's a Friday night and Saturday at Numa Church in Spokane, Washington. That's for the Northwest region. So that's BC, Idaho, Washington, even Alberta. Uh, That would be a good one to go to if you're in those areas. Maybe mark those dates, January 19th, 20th. We'll have a a meeting on the evening. uh, And then it'll go till mid-afternoon on the Saturday. But it'll be time to pray, a time to be instructed and, and learn together. And also uh, a time just to really connect with other prayer leaders from different churches. We have prayer captains now in our LifeLinks churches. If you're a prayer captain or if you're just someone who has a burden for prayer or you want to learn more or you just want to connect, I encourage you to go to that. And details are going to be coming out soon, especially with the one regarding Spokane. And then the next one we have is for the prairie region. So that's Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Again, it could be Alberta too. Alberta's kind of right in the middle there, but that's in Yorkton. That's in Des and Cheryl's church at Prairie Harvest in Yorkton. And that'll be uh, Friday, April 5th and Saturday, April 6th. So the same kind of thing's going to happen there. And we're encouraging all the regional prayer leaders, prayer captains to come together. Because again, we believe God wants to not only use us to pray, but he wants to instruct us, train us and get us going to the next level. So I'm excited about it. I hope all of you listening will take note and will come and join us. I wondered if you guys could do us one last favor and actually pray for us. We always like to finish the podcast by having our guests pray. And if you could pray for prayer within the LifeLinks Network, (laughs) we'd really appreciate that.
2: (laughs) Absolutely, we'll do that. We'll take turns here, Ian. (laughs) Good. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in the earth right now at this very moment and God together we just want to pray for all the life links churches mm-hmm. and and for anyone actually lord that would be hearing this podcast lord ignite the fire of prayer in our hearts as leaders and in our churches god i pray that you would just breathe life onto the altar of prayer like it says in leviticus 6 god that the fire wouldn't go out on the altar lord that we would come together to be that ecclesia in the earth that hears your voice and releases the decrees of heaven on earth father we just pray that holy spirit that you would breathe the spirit of prayer like you said that you would pour out the spirit of grace and supplication in the last days breathe the spirit of prayer into our lives and into our churches god we pray
1: let's learn and lord we just lift up all of the churches of this incredible family in, in life lengths uh, here in Canada, the U.S. and abroad. And Lord, we pray just that you would really take us deeper in this area of prayer. Lord, it's our, our firm conviction that uh, more and more yes, you're calling us to be more dependent upon you and more dependent upon uh, the working of your Holy Spirit uh, in the world around us uh, to be able to see harvest come in and to see the breakthroughs that we need as churches. And Lord, we believe that it's as we become your people of prayer that we're going to see just great leaps in so many of those ways. And Lord, as these times draw nearer even to your return, Lord, it speaks in revelation that the day is coming when the Spirit and the Bride say, come, Lord, yes. all of your people yes, across the face of this earth are going to be praying in agreement yes, with the Lord. Holy Spirit for your return. And Lord, I pray that you would begin to lead us there now. Yes, that we would yes. come, yes. we would agree, we would knit our hearts together with one another and with you to pray, to intercede, to speak life and call forth those things yes, that you Lord. want to do. And we bless this network of lifelinks and its leadership. And we cover them in prayer today and say, let your life Pour out, God, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Wonderful prayers. And if people want to contact you, they had some questions or something was stirred as you spoke, what emails
1: could they send you a note on? For myself, Pastor Des at phclc.org.
2: Or Pastor Cheryl at phclc.org.
0: <laughs> nice. Perfect. Well, thanks again, guys, for your time and... For sharing this with us. And thank you to you that listened today. I hope you enjoyed this and we're stirred and we'll be back to you soon with another podcast. God bless you all. And thanks again, Des and Cheryl.
1: Yep. Bye, Bye for guys. now.
0: Thank you for joining us for the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.